Now, after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen just as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Welcome, Zion family, and good morning on this Easter 2020. And this might be the strangest Easter you've experienced in your life, but I also think it might be more like the first Easter than others in your life. That first Easter, as you heard, was filled with uncertainty and fear. The disciples and the women, the two Marys, their life changed overnight and everything was different, like many of us have had. They saw on Friday Jesus die and now they're filled with fear and uncertainty over the future and sadness and grief. So I wonder then for us, could it be that God wants us, even if just once in our lifetime, to experience an Easter a little bit more like that first one. So as you are in your home, huddled together with family, like disciples huddled on this, on this day, the first Easter together, no big choirs, no bells, no full church, maybe it's fear and uncertainty for you. So here we are, maybe closer to the first Easter than we've been in a long time. But like the women who fell down and, and worshiped Jesus, we join together from wherever we are to worship Jesus. If you haven't already, go to zionholland.org and access a bulletin there that help you follow along as we worship the risen Jesus. Happy Easter, everybody. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. You know about that response? Let's practice that again. I'm going to say he is risen, and you say he is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Let's try it. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. All right. You guys ready for an Easter egg hunt? All right. On your marks, get set, go. Do you guys like Easter egg hunts? Yeah, Easter egg hunts are fun because we have this opportunity to go and look for eggs. And even though it's fun to go and look for the egg, what we're really concerned about is what's inside, right? We hope that there's some some good candy or a toy inside the egg. And so it's fun to look for those eggs. And it reminds me of the women 
that went to the tomb on that first Easter morning. They went also expecting to find something special. They thought they would find the body of their friend Jesus, who had died on the cross a couple days before. But they show up on that third day, and what do they find in the tomb? It's empty. That was a surprise, right? That wasn't what they expected to find. But they also found an angel who said, He is not here. Jesus has risen, just as he said. It was a great surprise that the women experienced that first Easter, knowing that Jesus had conquered sin, death, and the devil. And right now we're looking for a lot of Easter eggs, looking for a lot of answers to questions we have, like, when will this virus go away? When will school start? When will I get to give Grandma and Grandpa a hug again? And we're asking those questions, and a lot of those questions we kind of find are empty. And yet we know what Jesus can do with emptiness. He can surprise us. He can give us something that's even better than we even imagined. And that's what Easter reminds us of, that Jesus can take something that's very sad and very tragedy, like his death on the cross, and yet still bring hope and bring joy and bring salvation out of that emptiness. So maybe your parents today will do an Easter egg hunt with you, like we're doing with our kids right now. But as you look for those eggs, remember that we keep our eyes on Jesus, and we remember the salvation that he has won for us. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. On Friday, this candle, the Christ candle, was carried out of the sanctuary to signify that Jesus, the Messiah, was dead. And it was my sin and your sin that were the nails that put him there and his love kept him there. Yet death could not hold him. Today we gather to bring it back into the sanctuary as we sing his praises of him who died and rose for us. Yes, life gets the last word. Sorrow and suffering don't win. You see, Christians have gathered for 2,000 years not to say to each other, the stock market has risen. It has risen indeed. Christians have not gathered for 2,000 years to look at each other and say, my 401k has risen. It has risen indeed. Christians have not gathered for 2,000 years to say, that your YouTube subscribers number has risen or your Instagram follower number has risen. No. Christians have gathered for 2,000 years through famine and hardship and persecution and suffering and worry and anxiety. And yes, through death, Christians have gathered on this day to say these life-giving, hope-giving words. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Yes, today, this church, our church building is empty. The building is empty, but the church is full. You might say the church building is closed, but the church of Jesus is open. The church is full and it is deployed to your house where you celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. 
maybe much like the first witnesses to the resurrection, huddled in your home through worry and wondering and, and uncertainty, Jesus is still risen today. And we will sing his praises. And you might say that the church building is empty, but the church is full because the one thing that needed to be empty was the tomb of Jesus. Jesus Christ is risen today. Let's sing his praises.
worship the true God this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. One of the earliest, maybe the earliest section written in the Bible about Easter is this. It's from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, often called the resurrection chapter. The Gospels, which you heard from Matthew already and we'll talk about later, were written after. And so Paul's letter to Corinth, the church in Corinth, is somewhere in the mid-50s A.D., so 20 years after. And here's what he says in the first 11 verses of it. Paul says, Now I remind you, brothers and sisters, of the gospel that I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved. If you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you, as of first importance, what I also received, that Jesus Christ died for our sins, in accordance with the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day, in accordance with the Scriptures, and that He appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve, then He appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. For I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain, on the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we preached, and so you believed. Paul says, I simply passed on what I delivered, or delivered what I received, simply passed on. That is the gospel. That is, the risen Christ appeared to Paul, and he learned from the disciples what Jesus taught what he did, and that he truly did rise from the dead, and he passes that on. And then he says, you know, I know this sounds crazy that a dead person would rise from the dead, and it doesn't make sense to, to our mind, but what if, just what if God who came near to us actually did rise from the dead? Well, he appeared to me and to the 12 disciples, and there's 500 people, a lot of them that are still alive. Paul is saying, I know it sounds strange, but there's all these alive people that saw Jesus. Go ask him. This is true. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. And because he's risen, the good news, as Paul says, by the grace of God, I am what I am. That Christ died for our sins, buried and raised. It's because Christ died for our sins, was buried and raised, that we are children of God. The gospel is true. And so we can come to our Lord and confess our sins because we are made new. We are made new creations. And so I ask you, in light of the resurrection of Jesus, who was crucified on Friday and alive today, do you confess that you are broken in heart and soul and mind and body and, and you need the grace of Jesus? If so, say yes, yes. And you confess that you, as we often say, are by nature sinful and unclean and, and you do things you shouldn't and don't do the good things you should. 
And we do deserve God's wrath and punishment. Do you confess this? If so, say yes. Yes. But guess what? As Paul says, that Christ died for your sins. He was raised on the third day. It's true. The gospel is true. Trust in the risen one. And you are a new creation, buried and raised through baptism with Christ. Your sins are forgiven. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Also, when Paul says, I just simply handed on what I received, the truth of the scripture, the truth of Jesus' resurrection, his miracles, his stories are simply that. There is an unbroken chain of teaching, of theology, of doctrine, of the scriptures between Jesus, his disciples, the next generation, the next generation to today, and long before it was written in the scriptures. It's not the telephone game that it changes, and some people say, well, that's how the Bible changed, and so you can't really trust that he rose, or all these. No, 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 that, that has historically been debunked. What we have in the scripture is the testament of what is true and what happened. So Paul simply passes on what he receives, and the next person passes it on, and it's true, and then we have been passed on that. And so when we speak the Apostles' Creed, we are speaking to God, to each other, proclaiming our faith, our hope, and our trust in what the true God has done for us. So we confess our faith together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence, he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. In the darkness we were waiting with our hope, with our light, till from heaven you came running. There was mercy in your eyes to fulfill the law and prophets. To a virgin came the word from a throne of endless glory to a cradle in the dirt. the kingdom coming and to reconcile the lost 
to redeem the whole creation. You did not despise the cross, for even in your suffering, you saw to the other side. And when this was our salvation, Jesus, for our sake, you died. stone was moved for good for the lamb had conquered death and the dead rose from their tombs and the angels stood in awe for the souls of all who come to a father are restored and the church of Christ was born then the spirit lit the flame now this gospel truth of old shall not kneel shall not faint by his blood and in his name in his freedom i am free for the love of jesus christ who has resurrected me Normally, if we were gathered together here for worship, we would gather an offering at some point, giving back to God or stewarding, using what God has entrusted to us, our, yes, our money, but our time, our lives, our, our gifts, our abilities, using them for God's glory is an important part of being a Christian. Well, obviously, since we can't be together physically, we can't gather an offering, but I wanted to take a moment to let you know a couple things. And first of all, thank you for those of you that have continued to give to the ministry here. We're very, very thankful. And uh, all of God's work here is funded by your generosity. So thank you. I also want to tell you what some of the offerings have been going towards or trying to divert towards. Zion for a long time has had a benevolent fund or a mercy fund that's helped people connected to us and our Zion family with needs. Well, there's a lot of need now. And so out of that fund, we've been able to give to some of our own families that now find themselves out of work in the form of a grocery store gift cards. We'd like to continue to be able to, to help you and help our Zion family as much as possible. So uh, in your giving, consider writing Benevolent Fund, or you can do that online, zionholland.org give, and thank you for your generosity. We want to stay connected to you as much as possible when we need to be a part 
And so I know Zion's elders have contacted you and called you and to say, hey, we're caring about you and how can we pray for you? If you have prayer requests that you want me and staff to know about, you can email me or uh, the office and we'd be happy to, to stay in touch and include you in prayers. Other ways we've been able to stay in contact is uh, Scott Young was able to help in putting together some bags that went to many of our families for families with children, had a, a game and some activities, some Sunday school and Bible lessons, and were able to get those to families before the shelter-at-home order was in place. And so I'm just very thankful for the ministry team here, Stephen, Althea, and Scott, and all of you as a church. And yes, as many people are saying, we will get through this. But it's true, we also are the hands and feet of Jesus as we are his body. He calls us his body. And so we want to care for each other reach out with his hands to care for others and show each other and show our community what the risen Jesus looks like by how we act and how we love other people in his name. So thank you for your continued prayers and support and uh, please be in contact and show us how we can continue to pray for and support you. One thing about today, if you want to take some Easter pictures or take a picture of you whatever you're doing today, and post it. We have a Facebook page. You can post it. And if you make the post public, and then also hashtag Zion Holland, then we can see that and see what, how you're doing. If that doesn't make any sense to you, don't worry about it. Or you can send pictures uh, to me, and uh, we can interact and see how God is helping you celebrate Easter today. Well, now I'm going to turn towards God's Word for this Easter morning, and will you join me in prayer? Gracious Jesus, as you are risen, send your Spirit now to give us hope, give us joy, give us peace, give us what we need, give us faith to see the empty tomb and to know the joy that it brings no matter what we're facing, how we're feeling, where we are today, and what this unique Easter looks like, give us the joy and the hope of your resurrection. Holy Spirit, use my words, that you speak through your word, that we might be pointed in the direction of our risen Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Easter is for every day. That's the title, you might say, of the sermon. And we're going to look at two, briefly, stories from that first Easter. As I said earlier, this might be, maybe, the only Easter in your life that is more like that first Easter. So if you look at those first Easter stories, the resurrection stories in the Gospels, with eyes to see or to look for what that first Easter was like through the lens of where you are today. You might see things you just hadn't seen before. So we're first going to look at John chapter 20. John 20. This isn't the morning story. We read that from Matthew. This is a story that happens later in the day. So it says on the evening... Verse 19, on the evening 
of that day, that first Easter, first day of the week, it says, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. So you have the ten disciples. Thomas wasn't there, famously, this time. And Judas wasn't there already either. So there's ten disciples there, and they've locked themselves in. So you have ten disciples who are quarantined. They have self-quarantined themselves because they're afraid. And here they're afraid that the Jews that killed Jesus might come after them, presumably. But how is that like some of us maybe? You're huddled in your home and have a lot of fears this morning. And then it says, Jesus came and stood among them. So you have the ten disciples huddled in fear together. You might say they're social distancing from Jesus. Some of them abandon him. Peter denied and disowned him. They have reasons to keep their distance and be afraid. And yet Jesus comes right in the middle of them, appears there and says, Peace be with you. And then he showed him his hands and his side, the proof that he is alive. He was dead. He is alive. That he has risen for them. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said, peace be with you as the Father sent me. Even now I am sending you. And it says, immediately at that moment, Anthony Fauci burst in the door and said, Break it up, break it up. There's 11 people in here. One of you has to leave. No more than 10. And then it gets worse. (laughs) It says when Jesus had said this, he breathed on them. And he said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. So you have... Jesus coming to his disciples in, I think, a similar way that he comes to you. Whether you're huddled in your home or just gathered there with your closest family, and you maybe you are sitting in fear or unknown, a very uncertain future. The disciples certainly didn't know what their future held. And this is the evening. They had already, some of them had already seen and heard from the women who had seen the risen Jesus and heard the angels. And it's the evening and they're still afraid and still confused. So maybe you know in your heart that Jesus is risen, that you'll get through this, that God is good. And yet there's still worry and fear about your financial future or your health or, and guess what? Jesus comes, the risen Jesus comes to you today and says, peace be with you. And he shows you the proof of that peace in his hands and side, which were crucified for you, but now reach out to you in love. Okay, that's one story that I want to look at to show you that Easter is for every day. The second one is from the Gospel of Matthew. I read it at the beginning of the service, and this is the morning Easter morning, that very first Easter, and open your eyes to see maybe some things you might not have noticed before. Now, after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, the two women, went to the tomb. And 
Behold, there, there was a great earthquake. The angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came back and rolled the stone. His appearance was like lightning, his clothing white as snow, and for fear of him the guards trembled, became like dead men. And the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid. For I know that you seek Jesus who is crucified. He is not here. He has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. Verse 8, so they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy to tell the disciples. I wonder how many of us in our hearts today have both of those things, those first witnesses to the risen Jesus have. How many of us are filled with fear and great joy this morning? You're happy to shout, He is risen, He is risen indeed, hallelujah, and yet you're carrying a lot of wondering, uncertainty. Maybe you are older and worried for your health, or immunocompromised and concerned for your health, or you're out of work, or maybe you're working far more than you ever have before and say, man, will this ever end? Maybe you're just like the first witnesses to the risen Jesus, that you have fear and joy in your heart today, and it's okay to have both, the first witnesses did. And guess what they did? says, with fear and great joy, they ran to tell the disciples, but as they were on the way to tell the disciples, Jesus himself appears. It says, and behold, Jesus met them and said, greetings. And they came up, and it says, they took hold of his feet and worshipped him. These are great Jewish people that would only worship God and no one else. And so they know Jesus is God who has died for them and rose for them, and with both fear and joy in their heart, they worship. You can do that today, too. You can hold fear of the unknown, fear of what might come, and great joy that Jesus is risen, and you can hold on to, to his feet as we bow and worship Jesus. They worshiped him with fear and joy. And then they finally get to the disciples, but it says, they, uh, before that, Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers, and he says it again, to go to Galilee. There they will see me. So Galilee gets mentioned twice here. That's what we're going to talk about now. Starting in verse 8, he says, the angel says, go quickly tell the disciples he has risen from the dead before, uh, just as he said, and he is going before you, or he's going ahead of you to Galilee. Well, what, what's going on there? Jesus dies in Jerusalem and is raised in Jerusalem, but Galilee is close to 100 miles, depends the route you go, north. Why would he rise in Jerusalem and say, well, go tell his disciples that he's alive and risen from the dead and he'll meet you up in Galilee? What's going on here? Galilee is home. It's Jesus' home. It's the disciples' home. It's, it's where he called them. It's where he met them. It's where he walked up to them fishing and said, come follow me. It's where he walked up to Matthew collecting taxes and said, come follow me. It's where he healed people who were blind and who couldn't walk. And it's where he said, blessed 
are the poor in spirit. Yours is the kingdom of heaven. Galilee is their normal, everyday life. It is home. Galilee might be where the disciples' ailing parents are. It could be where a lot of people they know are. Galilee is home. It is everyday life. It is your fear and your joys. It is so the angel is saying, Jesus is risen, and he's going, the risen Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. And I think we can say that the risen Jesus is going ahead of you into your Galilee. Jesus knew that this would be our Easter this year in 2020. He knew. And here we are. And Jesus comes to you in your Galilee, your everyday life, whatever that looks like today. Whatever your fear and your joys are, and we worship, he comes to you. He comes to you whether you're anxious and worried about the future, whether you're hopeful, whatever you're carrying, Jesus has already gone ahead of you to Galilee, and he wants to meet you there. So whether you're wearing your 2020 Easter finest sweatpants, or you have no plans for a meal other than the microwave later, Jesus joins you there. He is still risen, and he has already gone ahead of you to Galilee, to your actual life that you live, to your home, to your anxieties, to your uncertainties. Jesus Christ is risen from the dead, and he has gone ahead into your Galilee. He will be there. He is waiting for you. He is with you. And guess what? He is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Well, may the peace of our risen Jesus and the peace that only comes from him guard and keep your hearts and minds in faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.
Will you pray with me? Thank you, Jesus, that you are risen from the dead. And we give you all our thanks and praise for living for us, dying for us, rising for us. And we thank you that you even come near to us today, whether we are like the disciples in the evening, huddled in fear and worried or, or confused, like the disciples and the first women, the witnesses to your resurrection, would you come and give us your peace? Give us the peace that only comes from you. We ask you, God, to bless your church, this church, Zion, but your church in this community and your church throughout the world. May our celebration and worship of you through our fear and joy, may you continue to bless us, to show us your good news and form us into your people that tell and show that good news to others. We ask you to bring healing to those suffering from coronavirus, protect all those people working, essential workers, healthcare workers, and bring an end to this soon. Give leaders wisdom and good judgment in all the decisions they have to make and continue to draw people to you. Use this time to draw us deeper into your word, deeper in faith, and we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would turn more hearts to trust you, to see the joy that we have in you. We pray all this in the name of our risen Savior, who taught us to pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And now go this Easter with God's blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor, give you his peace now and always. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah.